The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Christmas is all about light. As we enter the Christmas season, we see lights everywhere all around us. We see Christmas tree lights. We see houses that are decked out with lights. We see lights on broadcast towers and water towers, lights on downtown office buildings. And I don't know about you, I love lights. I love that part of the Christmas season. They add color and charm and atmosphere to a season where the sun sets too early and rises too late. The lights of Christmas make a statement of celebration, a celebration of the coming of the light about Jesus. All throughout history, light has been set against darkness. It's always been about good versus evil. The book of Isaiah is a book of prophecy, telling about future times. He talks about a people in darkness. The Hebrew people, the Israelites, who really valued and worshiped the one true God, had not heard the voice of God for over 400 years. There was the silence of God over a 400 year span and they were living in this dark time of history. And, And Isaiah speaks of the people in darkness. He's walking in darkness, those who live in a dark land. I don't know if you have ever experienced total darkness. If you live out in the country, you know what total darkness is. If you're in the city all the time, you hardly see total darkness. But total darkness makes it so that you run into things. You have to feel your way around. And Isaiah is talking about people in that darkness. They cannot see. They're lost. They bump into things. They, They have no sense of direction. They're frightened and confused. And as you know, everything is magnified and more frightening in the dark. That's why we have night lights for kids. Now this was not a literal physical darkness, but it was a spiritual darkness. Darkness like this comes in a lot of different forms. There's the darkness of fear. If we, 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 we find this, first of all, there's the darkness of evil. We find awful darkness where there's evil. And we see around us many, many ex- exhibitions and, and demonstrations of evil in our world. And it's a darkness of evil. There, then there's a the darkness of fear. And if we don't know or we don't believe in a benevolent God who actually cares about us, who watches out for us, we live in the fear that basically we're on our own. We experience fears in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I don't know what you experience fear about the most, whether it's the unexpected, maybe it's the unknown, maybe it's change, or maybe it's failure, maybe you fear success, conflicts, or future, maybe a terrorist attack, or something that you read about that happened at a mall over there, or a city street down there, and and you wonder if if that's gonna happen to us in our life. A lot of different fears, and we live in fear. Fear is, is, is part of the darkness. Then there's the darkness of ignorance. One of the great travesties of our time are the health epidemics that have occurred on the continent of Africa where entire families and, and villages are wiped out by disease and there are thousands of orphan children and nobody tells them why. They live in, in ignorance. Ignorance holding them captive to misinformation, keeping them from life-saving measures. Ignorance. And we have a spiritual disease that is spread through ignorance that the Bible calls sin. And even though the effects are devastating and, and destroying families, no one is willing to tell the truth. 
Many here have been victims of the ignorance of sin. There's a darkness of materialism where people have placed their hope in, in, in gathering enough possessions or reaching those goals or having enough money or whatever it is that supposedly brings happiness and fulfillment. And yet it doesn't, it leaves us empty inside. Materialism, darkness. We can, we can go on to talk about, when we look around our world today, we see many, many different forms of darkness. And God saw the problem. He said, these people have been living in darkness, particularly the nation of Israel for over 400 years. And he knew that they also feared God, but he wanted to communicate love and care. He wanted to bring truth and light. And for that reason, Jesus became one of us. He extended his hand to establish relationship with human beings. This passage says a child was born to us. An incredible mystery. We call it the incarnation of God taking human form, of, of God becoming one of us. In John 1, it speaks of this and it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, the Word being Jesus. It says, through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The message describes it as God coming and moving into our neighborhood. There was a song written by Joan Osborne entitled, One of Us. Not a believer, she wrote a song and asked questions. She wanted to ask some questions. And she asked this, she said, if God had a name, what would it be? And would you call it to his face? If you were faced with him in all his glory, what would you ask if you had just one question? Yeah, God is great, God is good, but what if God were one of us? If God had a face, what would it look like? And would you want to see if seeing meant that you would have to believe in things like heaven and in Jesus and the saints and all the prophets? And yeah, God is great, God is good, but what if God were one of us? So what if God were one of us? He was one of us. He was one of us. The Word, Jesus, God became flesh and we saw his glory. He was the light shining in the darkness. Christmas is all about this child being born. God, the light entering the human race so that we could just get a glimpse of what God was like. So we could begin to know who God was. A child born to us. In our darkness, Isaiah gives the promise of light, the gift of light. You know, it's amazing what light does. When you go into a dark room in your house, you never, you never turn on the dark switch, you always turn on the light switch. And when you turn the light switch on, the darkness just absolutely disappears. Light. A child born to us. Secondly, it says there's a son given to us. A child born and a son given. The word given is a foreshadowing of the gift, this, this light gift that was promised by the prophet Isaiah. Whenever we give a gift, it requires some kind of a cost, but 
The giver is the one that, that, that pays the cost, not the recipient. When you're, you receive a gift, you just receive the gift. But somebody has to pay for the gift. And God gave this gift, but it came at great cost. It came at a sacrifice for him, a personal sacrifice for God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That giving of the gift of Jesus was Jesus giving his life. It wasn't only a child born. It was about the son who gave his life. The son who grew up, became a man, and then he died for us. That was the gift given, the son given for us. Both of these phrases end in the words, to us, to us. We tend to think in, in global or abstract terms. Jesus came for the whole world, and Jesus did come for the whole world. But he also came for you. He also came for you. This light gift is for everyone, but it is also offered to individuals. It, it is meant to be received personally. This gift has been offered to each and every one of us to be received. A child is born for you. A son is given for you. Uh, an invitation to a personal relationship with God. This light gift is offered to everyone, a child born and a son given. And if you have never known Jesus Christ personally or known God personally, this may and could be the best Christmas ever. How do we enter that relationship? We just admit we can't earn this gift. And we confess our shortcomings and we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins and to come into our lives and to make us what he wants us to be. It's an invitation that is given to everybody. It's a gift, nothing that we can earn. And for all of us, when we look at the darkness around us, we can find a lot of different proposed solutions to the darkness around us. But the solution is is not found in, in government or politics or science or education. It's found in this gift, this light gift that eliminates darkness. In Matthew 5, it talks about this. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Then he says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We're going to close with the singing of Silent Night and I'm going to invite us to all stand as the ushers. We have two people that are coming forward. We're going to take the light of the Christ candle and pass it down and if you can pass it down the rose as you receive from, from it. <laughs>